Entrepreneur on Fire, episode 142. Welcome to EntrepreneurOnFire.com, where remarkable entrepreneurs share their inspiring story. Let their journey illuminate your path to success. And now, your host, John Dumas. Fire Nation, do you have a product or service you would like to share with the over 150,000 unique downloads Entrepreneur on Fire receives every month consisting of passionate and engaged entrepreneurs? Chris Brogan sponsored an episode for his book, The Impact Equation, and saw great results. If you would like to share your message with Fire Nation, go to SponsorEOFire.com to find out more. That's SponsorEOFire.com. And let's give it up for our sponsor, John McIntyre. Fire Nation, does the phrase automatic sales machine sound good to you? In his new four-week course, John McIntyre, also known as the autoresponder guy, teaches you how to write an email responder sequence that gets subscribers addicted to reading their emails. Go to dropdeadcopy.com slash EOF to learn more. That's dropdeadcopy.com slash EOF. Okay, let's get started. I am simply thrilled to introduce my guest today, Efat Cohen. Efat, are you prepared to ignite? I am prepared to ignite. <laughs> All right. Efat is a Google Plus Hangout host. She has interviewed people like Megan Peters, Mashable's community manager, Esteban Contreras, Samsung's community manager, and yours truly, John Lee Dumas. Efat has over 38,000 followers and is in the top 1,500 of 500 million G plus users by an engagement-based metric and can be found engaging on her stream most hours of the day. Given Fire Nation a little overview, Efat, but why don't you take a minute, tell us about you personally, we want to get to know you, and then talk to us about your business. So hi, John. First, thank you so much for having me here. You're welcome. This is great. Um, so about myself, I am a mom. Um, I have a three-year-old, and I'm Israeli, and I've been traveling the world after the, my service in the Israeli Air Force. I've backpacked in South America for like eight months, and I thought the whole world spoke English. When I got to South America, I was like, uh, <laughs> now what do I do? <laughs> and yeah, it was surprising, but um, I found that people were so genuine and generous and nice and welcoming, and it was such a, an eye-opener to me that I started just falling in love with getting to know people and interviewing them and hearing their backstories. And um, after South America, I came to the States, and I decided to go meditate, and that never happened because life kind of got in the way. I started, I went to UT in Austin, Texas. I graduated with a Spanish degree and a minor in business, and I started working for um, a small company. We were just three of us, me, uh, the owner, and a salesperson, and we grew it to 12 people. Wow. And when, yeah, and it was fun. You know, I thought that will be my career. This is what I'm going to be doing. This is, you know, my company. And it wasn't my company. I got fired um, because the guy said, you know, we cannot have you uh, die and then take all that knowledge with you. We need you to you know, teach all these 12 people an aspect of what you're doing. And when I got fired, I was shocked. I was like, dude, I built this company. And I decided to never again ever work for anyone else. Mm -hmm. And thank you so much for the person who fired me because I wouldn't be here today. <laughs> right. Um, 
And so I, um, I started doing network marketing and I realized that I don't really like recruiting people. I really love working online and solving problems. Uh, people would have an issue and they will come to, they'll find my website and my, we- my website will offer the solution and that relationship will happen. And um, at that time, Google Plus wasn't about, wasn't around. And I really sucked at Facebook and Twitter and LinkedIn because you have to be very careful with what you say over there. And so I never found my voice. I never knew what politically correct to say, when I might offend someone, if someone will discover something about me on the internet, it will hurt me later. And then Google Plus came and it felt like a very closed family. Like, um, you know, it was the 10 of us or 20 of us who were just there at the beginning and we were testing things and we, n- we never met each other. We just met online, but we had so much, so much in common that the conversations were great and things would keep private and I fell in love with the platform. And so I met another guy uh, on Google Plus and we started doing interviews together on Hangouts. And Hangouts, to those who don't know, are free tent men video chat. So we were, we, it was not publicly, it wasn't uh, like today that it's aired on YouTube and recorded. We just had to find a way to record it and we used a live stream at the time. And then Google came out with Hangouts on Air and we were not, the, we were not allowed to do that. Only a selected few were selected by Google to be able to, you know, broadcast their message to the world. And that was the first time I realized that there was some kind of influence or something was happening in Google Plus because my stream came to Google and said, hey, we want you to give her these privileges so that we can follow up and listen to the interviews later on. And for me, that was kind of like, I know we're going ahead, but that was kind of like the um, turning point of, wow, you know, there's a community here and there's some substance and um, people want to learn and they want to engage and they want to be a part of something. And that's when my company, the Motec Marketing or the G Plus Go To Gal kind of came to be. Wow, Ifat, that was just a great summation of a little bit of personal, a little bit of business, and you've definitely whetted our appetites for what's going to be discussed later in the interview. But before we delve even more into that, and I personally can't wait, let's start off with a success quote. It's kind of our way at Entrepreneur on Fire here to get that motivational ball rolling. So take it away. So my favorite is uh, Zig Ziglar. Love him. Love him, right? Just passed away. Such a loss to the world. Um, He said, you can have anything you want in life if you only help enough people get what they want in life. And to me, it's so interesting because we never think about it that way, right? We always think about what do I need? How can I get stuff, you know? And it's, um, and it's interesting that that, I think I learned that also from uh, John, um, no, Jeff Johnson. Do you know him? Yes, I have heard of him. So he is kind of like, uh, he's working on the reciprocity principle where he gives you so much stuff for free, right? That you kind of like, okay, can I buy something from you? <laughs> right. Right. And so Zig Ziglar, the same way, it's like, hey, if you just help enough people, they just want to give back to you and you'll just get it. It doesn't have to be monetary, right? You'll, everything that you want will come to you. Nope. It's a great quote for so many reasons. And Zig Ziglar has so many. And to be honest with you, he actually has a podcast that is still doing great. They've published it, but people just keep going back to it because I think the podcast might even be called The Words of Zig Ziglar. And nice. obviously it's inspiring on so many levels. But take it down to the ground level, Ifat, because this is about you, about your life. How have you actually used that mantra in your everyday life, in your business? 
So this is surprising. I stopped, um, I stopped assuming what people want and I started asking them. And um, this was very hard for me at the beginning because I was like, okay, um, people having issues with Google+, Plus, let me solve those issues. But I never went and asked them, hey, what is your specific issue with Google+. Plus? So now I started using surveys um, a lot. I make a lot of Google+, Plus posts when I'm asking people for their opinion and I'm asking a question. I'm like, hey, how would you solve that? Or what your issue is? And then by finding out what they need to solve and not what I think they need to solve, um, I actually get more, I, I can affect more and I can help more people rather than just, you know, the five people who think the way I do. It makes so much sense. And it's obviously going to pay dividends for you down the line. And let's use that to transition now to our next topic, Efat, which is failure, which are just challenges and obstacles that as entrepreneurs we face throughout our journey. Take us back to a time in your journey when you failed, when you came up against an obstacle that you just really had to dig deep to overcome. You've already shared a great mini journey with us, but share with us another one and tell us how you overcame that failure, that obstacle. Well, I'm being um, an Israeli and in Israel, we're, we're taught to always have all the answers. And I even remember going back to a job interview and trying, like before the interview, trying to memorize all the presidents, the prime ministers, the wars in a chronicle order, um, because that was what I'm going to be asked at in the interview, not can I, you do the job, but do you have enough knowledge um, to be someone who represents us? And um, I didn't get the interview because I couldn't remember the exact chronological order. And it made me feel like, you know, I had to know every, like everything before I went out and taught anyone anything. So my problem, my biggest challenge is actually realizing that I do know enough. Um, I do know more than a lot of people and I can actually monetize that and stop worrying about the little details that I don't yet know. And um, I was holding myself back, you know, thinking that I need to do everything and know everything. And then I'm thinking about Ford, who's like, I don't need to know this. I just need to know the person who knows it. Um, where in our days, it's outsourcing. And so um, that was my biggest challenge, like saying, okay, I know enough. This is what I need to know. And if I don't need to, and if I don't know this, rather than going and wasting time learning, I can actually help someone else make money by outsourcing to those people. That's such a great lesson that you learned. And for me, I learned that really early in life and I feel extremely fortunate because the day that I graduated college, I was also commissioned as a second lieutenant in the U.S. Army. And as an officer, I got thrown into a platoon and I was the platoon leader with 16 men in four tanks and expected to lead this company, this platoon. Mm -hmm. I didn't know nearly enough to go forward and actually lead in an effective manner. And so what we call in the military is on-the-job training. You literally... Mm -hmm have your feet in the ground, you learn as you go, and it's the best way because it's hands-on experience and you have the people around you, my platoon sergeant and my squad leaders who have that experience that were helping me along the way, just like you've reached out to people to help you along the way. But again, Efat, take it down to the ground level. Give us just one quick example of when you outsourced something and found great results and a skill or a knowledge that you didn't have, but you found others that did. When I came to the States, I started looking for jobs that I did not know how to do and I wanted to learn on the job. So one of them was uh, bartending. And I don't come from a drinking culture at all. And I don't drink liquors. And I was a bartender. And some guy comes to me and he says, hey, can I get a Bloody Mary? And I'm like, of course, what's in it? 
<laughs> and I became the most popular bartender because I'm like, I don't know the measurements, right? Yeah, I keep pouring that vodka. Yeah. So that was one. The other one is uh, I became a tech support person and I knew nothing about computers. And uh, I put so many people on hold and I was like, hey, you know, this person's getting a blue screen. What do I do? And I learned just to be very nice at saying, I don't know, but I can learn, you know, or I don't know, but let me find out the answer and get back with you. And just doing that, I think, actually, John, connects you more with people because they now understand that you're as human as they are. And you are taking the next step and you're making an effort and finding the answer just for them. And rather than just being this all-knowing guru somewhere up on a hill, you know, that nobody can touch, now you're connecting with people on a personal level. You're admitting to your faults, you're admitting to your um, um, values, right? And then you go out and you're like, okay, this is your problem and I'm going to be, that's my mission to solve it. I couldn't agree more. There's nothing more frustrating than calling up customer support or anybody that you're just looking for help from. And you know that they're just giving you any answer they can to get you off the phone. They don't really know the answer or they're not willing to, to make that effort to go and get it. They just literally want to get you off the phone. That's the most frustrating thing. And whenever people like yourself, when you were in that situation, were literally taking the time to care and to get the right answer and to do it the right way, that's what matters. And people can relate to that and people resonate with that. So I totally see that. That's great insight, Efat. And that's a great lead in to our next topic, which is the other end of the spectrum, away from failure, away from obstacles. It's that aha moment when the clouds just part and the sun just shines down and the angels start singing and you say, wow, this is going to resonate so well with me, with my authentic self, with my potential target audience. And I know you've had one of those with G+, with Google+, it just really resonated with you. But take us back to a time in your journey when you had another aha moment along those lines. And how did you turn that moment into success? Well, I realized that it's easier to ask forgiveness than permission. Yes. <laughs> right? Um, so I started doing things that I used to, you know, consider taboo before. Um, I knew nothing of interviews when I started interviewing people and hosting shows. Me neither. And, right? <laughs> <laughs> Surprise, and look at that. Um, but, you know, so it's, I would, thinking that I had to know everything before I would ask someone like TJ Marchetti, the VP of uh, digital marketing at Walt Disney, to show up on my Hangout, right? I, I thought to have someone at that caliber, I would have to be someone like Oprah. And, um, and then my aha moment was like, you know what? You can just ask, <laughs> right? And um, I just did, and he agreed. And from there, it became a wonderful, wonderful uh, series of amazing people where you just, okay, um, would you be on my show? And it turned into a great, um, a great brand building platform. No, that's phenomenal. That's actually been a theme fairly recently here at Entrepreneur on Fire because I was just asked to speak at New Media Expo by Blog World in Las Vegas. And during my speech, I gave a lot of different points about how I've grown Entrepreneur on Fire into the brand it is, into a podcast that now gets over 100,000 downloads in over 100 countries. And the main question that people kept coming up to me after the speech and asking me was, John, how do you get these people like Barbara Corcoran, like Gary Vaynerchuk, like Tim Ferriss, how do you get them on your show? And I literally say, I just ask. I just ask. I put it in a very professional and upfront manner about what they're mm -hmm. going to be getting into, a 25 to 30 minute Skype audio chat. This is how I do it. And I reach out to them and I'm polite about it and I'm persistent. And 
most people find it in their best interest to take that amount of time to reach this large, passionate Fire Nation audience. So I love that you went there and you're finding the exact same thing, EFAT, over Google+. I'm finding the same thing in the podcasting world. Let's use that to continue forward. And this next question is a tough one. So take a minute, think about it. But have you had an I've made it moment? Um, not yet, actually. <laughs> not um, yet. Not yet. And actually, John, I really hope I never do because I feel that I I, I want to get I want to always feel that there's room to grow, you know, and always stay humble and curious. And I think that if I get to like, dude, I made it, then I'll be done. <laughs> <laughs> no, and that's a huge reason why I asked this question, Ifat, because every entrepreneur that I do ask interprets this question differently. Some entrepreneurs say, John. I have an I've made a moment every single day. Others say, John, I'll never have an I've made a moment like you just said, because that will denote the end of my journey and I never want to be the end of my journey. And I, I truly respect your answer because I get it. I get not wanting to ever be resting on your laurels and say, oh, I've made it. Because that makes you lose the edge that you need as an entrepreneur. It's also an ego thing, right? Because it's kind of like kind of tapping your ego going like, dude, look what I've done. And, um, and I think that also goes back to Zig Ziglar. There's always people you're going to serve. There are always people who know more than you. There are always people who have made it bigger, you know? And I think, I think it, will be, it will make me very arrogant. And this is maybe my biggest fear of going like, dude, you know, I've done all these things. Who are you to talk to me? Blah, 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 kind of thing, right? Um, and I hope I never, ever, ever get there because I never want to become that person. And so maybe that fear of turning into this, what do you call it, like a diva? right? <laughs> yeah, diva. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't want to become a diva. <laughs> so. No, I hear you. And I always thank my Uncle Steve as I was growing up. One thing he always made sure to tell me, no matter where I was in life, whether I was playing basketball in the varsity team in high school or in college, getting good grades on a report card, he always looked at me and said, John, be humble, be happy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that was his mantra, be humble, be happy. And he really instilled that into me. And I think that the second part of that as well is important, happy. Like you need to not only be humble, but be happy about it because you can't be unhappy that you're not the best success in the world, that you're not the Zig Ziglar. You know, be happy of where you're at in your journey thus far. But you know what's interesting? It's interesting also that you always like self-criticize and always see the next mountain that you have to climb. And then you hear people around you saying, wow, look what you've done. And you're like, really? That is so true. It's so true on so many levels. And that's why I just love engaging with my audience because I get those emails on a daily basis like, John, wow, I just love all these people you've interviewed. You're ranking so high in iTunes. And I like that they're kind of making me appreciate what I've accomplished where I'm just like, right. oh my God, I need, to keep, I need to get to that next level. I want to get to 5,000 downloads a day, then 7,000. But you need to appreciate the moment, appreciate the journey. And EFAT, Let's move into the next topic because this is, again, staying on your journey. Tell us something in your business right now that you're just really excited about. What gets you going? The possibilities. <laughs> I, um, I truly believe that Hangouts are going to change the world and make it a better place. And, and if you're, I don't know how familiar your audience is with Hangouts, so I'll dive into it a little yeah, bit. Yeah, definitely dive into it. If, if you're not familiar with Google+, also, Google+, connects people uh, based on passion. Um, and passion is very, it's a very strong emotional word, right? It's passion. So when passion comes face-to-face in a hangout, it's no longer, it doesn't matter anymore if you're Palestinian and I'm an Israeli or you're black and I'm white or 
well, you're white, I'm black. <laughs> uh, <laughs> if you're in Europe, I'm in India, right? Now we see each other as people and we have a shared passion. And if anything happens in your area, for example, uh, let's say you're in, in Israel in the Palestinian Authority and something happened there, now I care because I know you as a person. I know a person living there that is personally affected by that. And these relationships that are being built on Google+, they're so deep and they're so satisfying and so meaningful that in themselves, they make people happy. And that happiness is going to ripple and it's going to change the world. And the possibilities of how you can use Hangouts to, you know, create that happiness. I'm excited to being the catalyst behind it. I'm excited being the, the one going like, guys, do this and find your passion and connect with people and ripple and change the world. And I just see, you know, an amazing, amazing, amazing world happening in a year or two from now. Your passion is so self-evident, Ifat. It gets me really excited. And again, Google Plus is one of the major focuses of my social platform. I have a virtual assistant that runs my social media platform and just keeps everything going and humming along at a good pace while I, as much as I can, dive in and interact personally with people because I think it's those personal mm -hmm. interactions yeah. that are just so important. So take a step back real quick and just explain to Fire Nation because a question I seem to hear over and over again What's a couple key differentiators between Google Plus and a Twitter and a Facebook? A step back is saying that this is the wrong question to ask because Google Plus is not a social network. And that is really where the media is misleading people because now they're thinking, oh, it's just another social network. Why do I need to dive into it? I'm so invested in Facebook and in Twitter and in LinkedIn. Exactly. Right. And the problem is it's not. It's Google. So what Google is trying to do is prevent spam. And instead of trying to go and build algorithms over algorithms and then have the SEO guys come and black hat them and, you know, figure out ways to outsmart the system, what they did is they said, okay, let people tell us what sites are real and who are the real bloggers out there. And they'll do it by linking to them, plus wanting them, sharing that information. So, if someone comes to Entrepreneur on Fire and shares from there, and Google knows that if Ad shared from there, they know if Ad as a person, they know that this is a real share, and hence the site is valid. And so what they did, they put a, a social layer on all of their services, search, YouTube, um, analytics, docs, um, everything, pictures, um, and Google+. And so... Now they're looking at all your activities and based on that, they're ranking you in search, they're showing you what you care about, they're connecting you with the right people. And so saying that this is Facebook is really not the right comparison. You know what I mean? Because it, now it's, it's just another layer on top of all of Google services. And Google is a huge universe, right? It's billions of people all over the world that are using it for Gmail, for documents, for movies, for everything. So the comparison is really bad. And what we found now, Joe, and it's really interesting, uh, three days ago, I found that I could outrank people for their own posts on search. And now we started creating um, a, an experiment, finding out who are the people who can outrank other people for their own content. Because basically what it means is that I can share your information and when someone looks for that information, I will show up. Does it, does it resonate? Because it means that Google is ranking personal profiles and giving them some kind of an authority. So you cannot SEO yourself into Google search anymore. That makes a lot of sense. And I really think you're opening a lot of people's eyes up to the reality and the possibilities of Google+, which is 
incredible. And, and we're definitely going to be linking up your website, EFAT, and your resources on the show notes page at entrepreneuronfire.com slash EFAT Cohen. So people can definitely go there to make sure that they're reading about this interview and they can link to you and go and find out more. But we're going to now move into the last part of the interview, which is the lightning round. And this is where I get to ask you, EFAT, a series of questions. And you come back at us, Fire Nation, with amazing and mind-blowing answers. Does that sound like a plan? (laughs) It sounds good, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) What was holding you back from becoming an entrepreneur? Well, I grew up in Israel. So in Israel, it's really not easy to start a company like in the States. And most people are looking for a job rather than starting their own gigs. Right. Um, So I never even thought about this until I got fired from the company here in the States. And I swore I never work for anyone ever again. And so it was kind of like, you know, someone pushing me towards starting my own business rather than growing up, realizing this is what I want to do. What is the best business advice you've ever received? Believe in yourself. It's not really a business advice, but without that, there is self-sabotage, there is self-doubt, there is fear. And with that kind of, you know, qualities, you can never succeed. What is something that's working for you or your business right now? Hangouts. <laughs> uh, because it's a real, yeah. yeah, right. Face to real, face-to-face interaction with people that I want to build solid relationships with. Do you have an internet resource like an Evernote, like a Google Plus that you're just in love with that you can share with our listeners? Hang out, hang out. Um, but I'll tell you why. I, um, I presented last week in uh, Google Austin um, to uh, Austin executives a talk that was centered around Hangouts as a business tool to promote local work from home initiative that we have. And it's amazing how many things you can get done through Hangouts. Like none of my business partner lives in Austin and we do everything through Hangouts. We create presentation, we record presentation, we do everything through Hangouts. So I I don't think anyone looks at Hangouts as a business tool yet. If you could recommend a book for Fire Nation EFAT, what would it be? The One Minute Millionaire by Robert G. Allen. Um, It discusses the importance of mentors, of a network and leverage. And I feel so lucky and fortunate to have some of the best um, mentors around. Quick note, Fire Nation, you can get the audio version of this book for free by going to eofirebook.com, a gift from Audible for Entrepreneur on Fire listeners. That's eofirebook.com. So, Ethad, this is the last question. It's my favorite, but it's kind of tricky. So take your time, digest it, and then come back at us with an answer. Imagine you woke up tomorrow morning in a brand new world, identical to Earth, but you knew no one. You have all the experience and knowledge you currently have, your food and shelter is taken care of, but all you have is a laptop and $500. What would you do in the next seven days? John, I really believe in relationships. So I will go online and I'll start building relationships with people and I'll find out what one needs and connect them to the other person who provides it and I'll make a cut in between. Ifat, that was actionable advice. And you've given us incredible actionable advice this entire interview, and we are all better for it. Give Fire Nation one parting piece of guidance, then tell us how we can connect with you, and then we'll say goodbye. Well, first, thank you so much for having me. This was fun. Welcome. Yeah. Um, you can connect with me on my stream. Uh, G. And I'll, I'll put the link. It's very long. Um, but you can connect with me on my stream on Google+. You can connect with me on my website, gplusgotogal.com. And, um, and also, because I'm so much, so big about Hangouts, I have a free PDF, six ways that you can use Hangouts in your business, and you can find it at hangoutsforyourbusiness.com. 
Perfect, Efat. Thank you for being so generous with your time, your expertise, and your knowledge. Fire Nation salutes you, and we'll catch you on the flip side. Thank you so much, Don. Fire Nation. My first book, Podcast Launch, is now live at Amazon. In this book, I share all and have created a step-by-step process for launching your podcast. The Fire Bonus is 15 video tutorials that I included with the purchase. You join me as I walk us step-by-step through each process visually, and by the end, you will be a podcasting pro. Pick up your copy at podcastlaunch.com. Thank you for joining us at entrepreneuronfire.com, your daily dose of inspiration. Prepare to ignite.